Hello, Lindy. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, my name is Rotazo from Stage Fright, and uh, it's a podcast fo- focusing on the art and all the mediums and how they have changed in the times. Okay, cool. So, so you focus uh, on the different mediums and how, or social media mediums and how they've changed over time. Mm-hmm. Not just the social media mediums, but physical mediums as well. In okay. fact, we move from physical mediums to portrait art to digital mediums as well. Okay. And okay, awesome. I understand you are a YouTuber I with am. over a million views combined <laughs> on your channel. Yeah, definitely more than over a million views. I've got one episode that has a million views in total. Um, the others are lagging behind a little bit, but we're getting there. And uh, you also on OnlyFans? Yes, I am on OnlyFans. It's quite a new uh, venture, but yes, I'm on OnlyFans. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I'd like to start our interview today uh, with a simple question. Uh, what is your safe word? <laughs> um, in this situation? In, in, in this situation <laughs> specifically. Okay, let's make it pink. That's my favorite color. Okay, cool. Uh, if I ask a question and you're like, damn, dude, uh, just say pink and then I'll uh, step back. <laughs> okay, cool. No problem. Cool. Is this edited? Yeah. No, it's not. I'm just going to post the whole conversation as it flows out. Awesome. Noted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, what would you like people to understand about OnlyFans? Or what is the one thing you'd like people to walk away from this conversation mm-hmm. you know, about OnlyFans? Um, that there are options out there in the world for people to make an income, um, Mm -hmm. but you shouldn't restrict yourself based on what kind of options those are. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, people have a lot of morals and views, and sometimes that might potentially stop you from doing things, but Mm -hmm. um, there are ways to work around it, so you have options. That's Mm -hmm. it. Okay. And how did you start? Like, hmm. So um, I am a nude expressionist and a lot of my content was on social media. And there was quite a few uh, Americans and people in the UK that kept saying, why are you just putting this out there for free? There'd be lots of people who would pay for this, including mm-hmm. my mom. And she was just like, if you're going to be naked, at least do it for some money. <laughs> Capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> capitalist indeed mm-hmm. um so i eventually plucked up the courage because it was something that i was quite nervous about um like exposing yourself like that isn't easy it's still not easy even though i've done it quite often but mm-hmm. um yeah i plucked up the courage and then i started it five months ago mm-hmm. and yeah and you've been breaking bank ever um Well, let's put it this way. There's girls who are making ridiculous amounts of money. There's a girl who's made a 1.4 million brand since she started in 2018. And I've made 66,000 in five months. So um, it it just depends on the kind of content that you're willing to put out there and Mm -hmm. um, also what's expected of your brand. Because Mm -hmm. I think people will only want um, what you give them. If you don't give them anything more, 
they can't really, I mean, I guess they can expect it, but they won't necessarily demand it because it's not something that you've shown before or said you would give. So um, I haven't really been breaking bank. I also haven't um, necessarily uh, looked at my monthly growth. I kind of just took out one withdrawal, which was about 13,000 rand. And then after that, I took out another withdrawal, which was 37,000 rand. And that's all I've kind of... um, <laughs> that's all I've kind of uh, taken out now, and it finishes in one go. It finishes in the blink of an eye. So, <laughs> um, if I were, <laughs> but if I if I divide it over the five months that I've been on, um, it's about twelve thousand rand a month, twelve mm-hmm. thirteen thousand rand a month. So, um, it is a it is a good um, option if you're trying to make it a career choice. I don't. Um, I think if I focused on the money, I'd do a lot more things that would compromise the person that I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm wow. not willing to do that. So mm-hmm. I don't really focus on the money. I kind of do it as a, a side hustle. Oh, yeah. So if you don't mind me asking, what's your main hustle? So initially, I wanted it to be my YouTube channel. And mm-hmm. after I resigned from my nine to five job and I was focused and I was like, you know, I'm getting such traction on my posts and surely I can make a living off this. I found out that um, I can't monetize my channel because it is age restricted. So that's completely thrown a spanner in the works. And um, I'm kind of hoping that even though I don't necessarily, I don't want to get back into corporate, but I'm kind of hoping that with the, the, with the, the popularity that I gain from my actual YouTube channel, that people will start to um, collaborate with me. And I think that's the only way I could potentially make money. But I am a sexual wellness coach. And that is something that is, I guess, charged on an hourly basis. But mm-hmm. a lot of people don't necessarily know um, of my service offerings. So okay. I'm kind of just still trying to create some awareness around that so that that can be my income. Okay. So as I'm uh, hearing what you're saying now is YouTube is still your main uh, go-to platform for the content you produce. 100%. But, mm-hmm, only fans has allowed you to then monetize uh, or find a way to monetize uh, uh, some of the things that you create and majority of the money that i get from only fans has actually gone into it's like an investment for my youtube because that is okay. my mm-hmm. my main platform so okay. um for example editors camera equipment all of that it comes from my only fans money so yeah yeah no i i can tell your video looks way better than my video i'm like i should have wanted <laughs> some lights and all these things Okay, cool. Uh, well, uh, you've mentioned so many things that I, I want to touch on. Okay. So l- let me see if I can keep track. Uh, one thing I want to talk about is your journey as a new expressionist. Okay. Uh, I- I'm going to leave that at the back of my mind. If I forget it, remind me. And then uh, let's just, before we go through all of these, let's uh, touch on OnlyFans a little more. So what is, what is the average process you go through uh, when you say, okay, now I'm going to go on my OnlyFans page and, <laughs> like, I understand what, 
the journey of the YouTuber. I post a video, mm -hmm. get a few comments, engage with uh, my commenters or my viewers. Subscribers, and, yeah. Yeah. So what is Ooh, that? So OnlyFans is completely different from YouTube. Um, YouTube, I literally just plunk up a, a what do you call it, a tripod, and um, I record. Um, but and then I kind of edit it afterwards. But with OnlyFans, I'm very very particular. Uh, if it's a video, I edit it prior and I'll record the video. But it's hard for me to take videos because um, I kind of feel like, unless I'm dancing, which I do a lot of, um, mm -hmm. I kind of feel like I require someone else in the room so that I can feed off their energy. Um, okay. So I usually have like a cameraman or a camerawoman. And um, that, that really helps to kind of keep it authentic because the moment I'm by myself, I find myself faking a lot of things. Um, mm. So it keeps it authentic when there's someone else who I can feel more relaxed with. Um, I edit a lot of my videos to ensure that my face isn't in most of them, primarily based on the fact that, I mean, as much as people know the kind of, oh, think they know the kind of content that they put out there, I don't want my content with my name and my face all over the internet. Granted, mm -hmm. because I've already put it out there, um, there's a chance of that happening. But for example, if someone screen records, uh, and it has been known to happen, that where people will screen record your content and then go and resell it. And mm -hmm. they're still using my name, they're still using my brand to make money, but people also are afraid of commitment. They don't want to have to pay a monthly subscription. They'd rather pay a once-off fee um, for a video that's coming from someone else. So it turns out the other person who's now stolen my content will make more money than me or mm -hmm. will tarnish my brand and especially the kinds of things that I'm trying to put out there. So mm -hmm. um, I try and limit as much of my face in videos as possible. But when it comes to my nudes, everyone's already used to that kind of content. So I don't hide my face. Okay. I'm just like, oh, okay. And people are actually quite bored of my nudes. They're just <laughs> like, oh. Another one, yeah, she goes there. yawns, mm. there she goes again. So um, I don't think that people can really use that against me. I'm less okay. likely to be a target of um, stolen content. So, uh, yeah, that's a process I kind of – but mostly when I do post, and like I said, I don't post every day. Some girls are posting two times a day. I will post when I feel sexy or when I feel like I've got content to put up, which mm. can work in my favor or against me because mm. people – are like, okay, well, why is there such little content? Where, whereas others are like itching and waiting for the next bit because it's so far and few between. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so that's you, the process. The, you are the Frank Ocean of OnlyFans. 100%, the Rihanna of OnlyFans. Let's, let's call it the Rihanna. Even, I release something every four years. <laughs> go and do other things. And, you know, yes, yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I think you've touched a lot on the content creation side, but uh, how about the engagement? Oh, you, the engagement you, is my favorite part. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's actually where I develop quite strong um, loyalty from my fans okay. because I talk to 
every single person that DMs me on all social media platforms, even mm-hmm. if it's negative, because I'm always trying to change someone's mind or change the way um, a person views me or views nudity or freedom of expression, etc. So um, I speak to absolutely everybody. Um, but in the process of speaking to everyone, I kind of develop weird relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know who they are. Some of them I do, but I don't know who they are, which makes it even better. I like talking to strangers. The moment there's a face to a name, it just feels awkward and a little bit too personal. But um, yeah, I think the engagement is the easiest part. I take a lot of criticism because for me, that's feedback on how to better my product. Um, But other than that, it's mostly just chats and conversation and no one really asks for anything to bug like they don't come into my dms and ask for really really like hectic stuff but i when they do it's also quite easy to shut down because if you don't want to be here then you can leave freedom Mm -hmm. of choice (laughs) so So no one has asked you to be there valentine's no one (laughs) random guy asked if he could be my slave And I was like, how does that work? Which obviously, what I really like about OnlyFans and not only OnlyFans, but all the different platforms that I engage in is that I learn so much from my subscribers. They'll come and say, can I be your fan or can I be your slave? And I'm just like, does that even make sense? Like, you know, why would you want to pay me to be my slave so then you start researching and you find out like um bdsm and findom and you know um subs and doms and those are things that i wouldn't have naturally um gone and necessarily researched if i wasn't prompted to do so if i wasn't asked or um that made that request so it's quite interesting i'm learning a lot about myself and about the world at large so yeah mm-hmm. well you took your mother's advice and you took the money I did. I did. No, 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 no. He wasn't my slave. <laughs> so I also know my limitations. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't delve into things that I won't be able to sustain. So okay. I definitely was going to feel awkward. Like getting someone to bring me a plate of food and then saying, let me eat it off your back or feed me with a teaspoon. Or like, It's really, really bad. <laughs> There's people who do some really interesting things but i know my limitations i'm not going to do something i'm unable to do but i like engaging with people who can provide those kinds of things because then i can recommend their services so yeah oh okay so okay now it's it's a lot for me to you know uh, take in and say this is what i'm going to ask about hmm wow okay cool Mm, interesting thing so you basically need to know what your own personality is and what type of things you are able to do and basically stay true to yourself at the same time don't just you know do well girls get lost in that Mm -hmm. chasing what though Mm. uh chasing money money is so nice like Mm -hmm. This, this money that I got, which was like 34000 or something like that in one go, is the most money I've ever had in my account from me earning it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it makes you feel proud. But at the same time, it's also you're hungry for more. Um, mm-hmm. And that can, money can, makes the world go around. And it can drive a lot of people to do things that um, aren't necessarily 
or wouldn't necessarily have been their first option. I think mm-hmm. that's why even things like prostitution exists. I mean, I doubt the first prostitute went and said, oh, I like having sex and because I like it so much, I'm going mm-hmm. to now charge people for it. I don't think initially started like that. But mm-hmm. because there are people who do chase money, they compromise themselves. So, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's tempting. Mm-hmm. I'm also interested in knowing uh, what was mostly on your playlist when you had that money in your bank account. <laughs> what was on my playlist when I had that bank? <laughs> Do you know what's crazy is that when I'm sad, I can't listen to music to uplift me. So mm-hmm. that money came at a really, really great time. And I didn't mm-hmm. even have the time to think about how excited I was because it was just paying bills immediately. I think I woke up at like half past five in the morning and I saw the money was there and I took out my laptop and immediately started paying debt, started um, like paying things off. It was just, it made me feel a sense of relief. So I didn't have a, I got money in the bank type moment, you know, I wasn't, mm-hmm. I didn't have an opportunity to be excited, but um, I think over time, like, you know, you listen to songs and you're like, hey, actually, I'm bawling. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> and me, I right? did that. Oh, okay. I did that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no, man, wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. So, um, yeah, now I think we've covered uh, the OnlyFans side. And I'd like to go more into your nude expressionist side. Okay. Like, what okay. is this? What is this word? So, how it initially started... I did a free boot camp mm-hmm. and I was actually doing it for my emotional, I was going through a breakup and I went to a free boot camp in Randburg and I was like, okay, I want to see the progress. I want to see how my body's changing because it feels like it's changing. My clothes feel mm-hmm. different, but I actually want to physically see it. So I started taking pictures every time I'd feel come out of the shower. Um, and one day, I posted like a silhouette of myself on Twitter and everyone went crazy. It got so many retweets and they were like, who's the artist? Um, Whose body is that? And I was like, oh, you guys think that I'm an artist? Actually, I am. And the more I started looking at it, the more I started appreciating my body and seeing the changes and things that I initially didn't like. Like when I was younger, I used to think I had a body of a 12-year-old because it was just flat mm. and skinny and no curves and no development. But as I started to exercise, it started to sculpt a little bit more. I still wasn't curvy, but um, yeah, but you know, the shadows and the different ridges in my body looked great and I started to appreciate them more. So it was more a, a, an, a self-growth and self-love kind of thing. Uh, but again, because I've got a rebellious nature, the one picture that I put out there, I started to be just a little bit more daring. I was like, okay, well, if you guys like that one, look at this one. And if you like this one, look at that one. And it kept getting really good responses until eventually um, a few photographers approached me and they said, look, we would like to expand our portfolio. And a lot of girls don't feel confident enough to one, take those kinds of pictures. But even when it is done to even post it on social media, usually they keep it for themselves. So would you be interested? And then I thought even better for someone else to picture my body because it's easy to take selfies. I know every single one of my angles. I know how to make it look like I've got a bigger ass and I really do. But um, it would be nice to see how a photographer pictures me. And that's what they did. And then I started to, again, appreciate different parts of myself because 
people, it's, it's seeing myself through someone else's eyes. And um, the more I posted, the more girls started feeling comfortable enough sending me their nudes. And I thought, actually, we don't really have a safe space where we can be appreciated without being sexualized. Um, so mm-hmm. I think I kind of created that safe space for a lot of girls, um, gave them a lot of confidence, and um, also obviously warned them of the dangers of kind of putting this kind of content out, even if it is just sending it to me. But they felt comforted in the fact that I could have done it first, so there's no chance of me exposing them or making them feel a certain type of way. And what I realized is that when you post nudes, everyone will be like, oh, she's so sexy or she's so this. But when I would receive nudes, I would specifically look for something that I would focus on. So I wouldn't say, oh, you are so sexy. I would say, wow, your areola looks so great in comparison to your skin color. And then that'll be something that now would trigger their mind because they never look at their nipple like that. You know, you look at it all encompassing, but then you start to appreciate different parts of your body individually. And again, leads back to self-love. So, yeah. Self-love is the best love. It is the best love. All right, so um, you also have the YouTube channel, Touch My mm-hmm. Yoni. Am I yes. saying that right? Okay, Touch cool. My Yoni, yes. Mm-hmm. And so what is the vision behind that? So the vision is to holistically, I want to start conversations, um, but it's to holistically change and impact the well-being and the sexual well-being of the world at large. So I think there's not enough conversation being had around sexual topics because it's deemed as taboo. I mean, obviously, it's opening up a lot more. Um, There's a lot more people who are expressing themselves freely. But um, I don't think it's happening in the right way. I think it's maybe potentially just young women amongst friends, but not necessarily speaking to their partners and vice versa, or parents not speaking to their children, Um, schools Mm -hmm. not wanting to touch on certain topics because, oh no. But in reality, we actually face these things every day. Um, And when you are faced with things every day, you have to know how to navigate them. You have to know uh, how to address certain topics and how to handle yourself in certain situations. And because we're not taught that, I thought, okay, what would be the best way to reach a large number of people at a time, but to tell my story so that people can feel like they relate um, and also to start conversation and inform people, educate people. So that is kind of the goal. Um, it's already it's already starting to happen. I think I like the fact that a lot of people see me as like the face of sexual libera- liberation in I don't even know if it's in South Africa because there's a lot of women who are actually you know speaking openly like Zodwa Wabantu and you know, but um, I think the 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 ways in which we do it are mm-hmm. all all relevant, but um, there's not enough education around it. So as much mm-hmm. as I speak from a personal point of view, I do a lot of research. Um, and a lot of um, digging into, you know, trying to 
give this information in a comfortable way that people will receive, but still a way where they'll learn at least one thing. That's like every episode, I want someone to learn one thing new. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Mm, while on the topic of sexual liberation, I'd like to hear your answer to one simple question. Is sex a skill or a talent? Both. Mm-hmm. Sex okay. is both a skill and a talent because there's people who are just like naturally gifted and they kind of know what to do for themselves. I think also the problem with sex is that a lot of people are doing it for the other person and not necessarily for themselves and um, in particular women. Mm-hmm. But when it becomes a skill is when you turn that talent into and you better it. Um, everyone can acquire a skill, but you only can do that if you put in the work. So um, not everyone is born knowing what, not, like what to do. But uh, the more research you do about yourself and about the act itself, um, mm-hmm. the, the better the encounter. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I like what you said because there's also... This other Dave Chappelle joke where he's like, if you're ugly or if you're good looking, people tell you that you're good looking. But if you're ugly, you have to figure that shit out for yourself. Yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's the same thing when it comes to sex. Like if you're good at sex, you're going to know. People are going to tell you that you're good at at sex. But But people also lie. Yeah. Okay. They also lie too. But if you're bad at it, ooh. You also have to figure it out. That's the problem. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like we engage in so many different things that we don't necessarily want to engage in. Or after Mm -hmm. engaging with it, you realize you don't like it, but you do it again anyway for the other person. So Mm -hmm. I think the the more people tell you real, like realistically, what Mm -hmm. it is that you're doing, um, because it might not, and it's not that it's wrong. It's not that Mm -hmm. it's wrong. It's just not their preference or... Yeah. that person's so um style so mm. i don't and i think unfortunately even with men you'll tell them oh no you're doing something wrong and it completely bruises their ego and it's yeah. like okay well yes. then you know i'm never going to do this as opposed to wanting to fix it or to see a different way of doing it um whereas mm. women we're always trying to do better we're always trying to be better we're trying to um wow. better ourselves for others so you'll find so many uh, in fact majority of the women who um or majority of the people who subscribe to my channel are women but Mm -hmm. that's because they want to know better but it's not because they want to know better not only for themselves but because of their partners or their potential partners so yeah it's it's just it's about one it's about communication it's about being willing to tell the next person the hard truth i am all about feedback i give feedback after dates I'd be like, mm-hmm. you didn't Uber me, you expected me to pay for this, or mm-hmm. you know, so but it's not it's not to bring you down, it's just to say mm-hmm. this is what I expected, and there may potentially be someone else who'll expect the same thing. So just keep that in mind next time. Mm-hmm. And I also to give you a second chance to fix it <laughs> if we mm-hmm. are gonna go on a second date. So I think mm-hmm. it's just about communication and people being willing to tell the hard truth. Dope, dope, dope. Cool. Uh rewind. You mentioned a lot 
about collaboration, uh, you mentioned that you actually collaborated with um, photographers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we in the digital space, mashups are a major thing. And okay, yes. bringing it back to OnlyFans. Um, have you collaborated with other girls who are on OnlyFans or other guys who are on OnlyFans? I haven't collaborated with other content creators on OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I mean, okay, I've collaborated in the sense that we have given each other information. So, Audio mm-hmm. Muntle, who is, I think, would be considered the face of South African OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. There's so much that she doesn't know, which is quite mm-hmm. interesting. And she'll come to me and I'm like, but babes, you've been earning like 17,000 over two days and you've started businesses from your money and you've bought a house for your mother. Like, how is it that you're still asking me questions? But I think it's also every day is a learning, is a learning curve. So mm-hmm. if she doesn't know something, she feels confident enough to come and ask me and the only reason she did that is because I asked her. So when I didn't know how to, I've never even met her. When I didn't know how to set up my account and I kept getting rejected, I kept going to her and DMing her and she was nice enough to help me. I think the Mm -hmm. problem with a lot of creators is that they want to keep everything to themselves. They want to keep Mm -hmm. the market to themselves, but there's Mm -hmm. so many people in the world. Like if we Mm -hmm. do that, you're like, you know, when you say when your fist is closed, you can't receive anything if you're not giving anything. And mm. the same applies. I want to help people to be able to start their OnlyFans. But mm-hmm. at the same time, um, I don't necessarily want to tell them what my niche is. Like, mm-hmm. if I tell you what my niche is, you could potentially better it. But that's not necessarily always a problem. It's mm-hmm. just maybe sometimes. And I'll tell them. Think of a niche. I won't say, for example, my niche is. I'll say, think mm-hmm. of what it is that you want to put out there. So I haven't necessarily collaborated physically where we're on one page or, or one um, platform together, but the collaboration comes in the um, exchange of information. Okay. Cool. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you mentioned things that took my brain to two places. One, um, about basically how the face of OnlyFans in South Africa is still learning something, uh, even though they are pushing it so well. Uh, it yeah. reminded me of a line from my favorite rapper, who's Yen Kamal, right? And the line basically says, I want to win, but every time I lose, I learn something and earn something in the process too. Uh, because even in yeah, any trade, if you are successful in your first attempt, right, you are going to do the same thing you did again and again. And so all the things that are there to be learned, you will not learn them because the incentive to learn them is really not there. Like um, what the first thing you attempted worked. So you're going to do it again. And in your head, as, as an artist, you always want to do something else. You always want to attempt something else. But you, 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 there's no incentive for you to stop and actually learn about something else. So, yeah, so, why fix something that's not broken? Mm-hmm. So, cool. Um, the second thing you mentioned, uh, oh no, first, I've, I totally lost it where my brain went on that topic. But yeah, uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate what you shared. And oh, we covered nude expressionists, blah, 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 blah. 
Ah, yeah, okay, cool. Bringing it back to the title of the podcast, which is Stage Fright, and I misspelled it. So we talked about the stage, we talked about the art that's on the stage, we talked about the medium. Now, let's talk about the fright. You've covered some of it, but what is the scariest incident you've had to deal with? On OnlyFans? Yeah. Or, or generally? Just, yeah, or generally. You can choose. Um, so, okay, I won't talk about OnlyFans, but I'll talk mm-hmm. about um, when I was... 26 I'm 30 this year I was turning 27 and you think that's an age where you're quite mature and you're quite wise and you won't do anything stupid but I had an encounter with someone who approached me on my social media and he asked me for nudes and he said he would pay me something like 30,000 rand and I was like well this is easy money because I'm already putting it up there so let me just do it so mm-hmm. I sent him a couple of stuff from my archives and then he sent me a picture of a kind of like a reference of what he would want. So I was like, oh, this looks a bit like pedophile but, you know, I do more for myself in terms of creating art. So since this is a lot easier, let me just take it. Took the picture, mm-hmm. sent it to him, obviously didn't get the money. So every time I tried to get the money he would say, no, I want a video now. And at this point, I had no idea that there was such a thing as OnlyFans. I, don't, I think I found out about OnlyFans late last year. Um, mm-hmm. So in 2017, that's definitely the last thing that I'm thinking, like an exchange of a certain type of video for money. I'm just like, that is a porno. Why are you trying to get me to do a porno? And mm-hmm. I was not having it. And the more I said no, the more he was like, okay, I'm going to blackmail you now with what you've already sent me and I'm going to make you trend. And it was a, I remember it was a day before my birthday, before my 27th birthday and my heart sank. And I thought, I know people know that I put this stuff out there, but if they see how sleazy this is and the extent I went for money, that completely Mm -hmm. tarnishes the person that I am. And I couldn't deal. I was freaking out. I was just like, if this comes out, if my parents find out, if, you know, Lindy's trying to get money for putting her nudes out there from some sleazy guy. And I really, really was just like, that was an eye opener for me. That was like, actually, don't be so naive. Don't be so quick to um, just jump at an opportunity for money. But I think I also wasn't working. So it was mm-hmm. really something I needed. A friend of mine was, my friend and my sister were paying for my rent. And I, I was just in a very demoralized state. So at that point, mm-hmm. I could have actually done anything for money. But even then, I still had my limitations. But mm-hmm. that's why I think I kind of appreciate the OnlyFans platform. Because it regulates that. It, it assists you in um, ensuring that you don't go through those kinds of uh, encounters or scenarios where you are blackmailing you for content that you um, would initially put out there but they want more so I think that would be the scariest encounter I've had with the internet in general um, when it comes to only fans like I said my 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 fans are really really amazing we we develop a relationship so they don't push their boundaries too much there are one or two especially newbies who will be like can you you know send me a video of you doing this and I'll be like unfortunately that's not in my scope but and then they'll just be like okay cool thank you so I don't really think I've had a bad experience 
on OnlyFans as yet. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not calling it, but I'm also just not um, blocking it out. I'm trying to keep, you know, all possibilities open just so that I know that there's something that I could potentially be dealing with. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, is there anyone you'd like to see on OnlyFans? Anyone I'd like to see on OnlyFans? I want, mm-hmm. So I am in the top 10% of creators on OnlyFans. I didn't know that. And it goes up and down. And sometimes I get to like top 12% or I think the lowest it's been the top 9%. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I don't do anything. I feel like I mm-hmm. hardly do anything in comparison to some of the things that I see advertised on um, social media. So mm-hmm. I want to see what the top earning person is. I don't even know who that is. I want to know what the top earning person on OnlyFans is doing. I want to see the extent. I want to see how creative they are and why they're the top. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how I would actually begin to do that research because it's not like there's an OnlyFans stats list. Um, but I, I don't follow South African. Subs- I don't subscribe to South Africans. Um, mm-hmm. I think because I would naturally do a comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the content that I have seen is quite, I don't want to be rude. <laughs> uh, it's quite, I can't think of any other word, but cheap, mm-hmm. uh, crass. And um, that's not the kind of content English. I even want to put. <laughs> it's not even the kind of content I want to put myself against because I know I'm definitely not in that category. So mm-hmm. I want to see what the internationals are doing, the ones who are buying houses, the ones who are making a million over three or four posts. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, there's a lady who has her OnlyFans account completely free, mm-hmm. but when you want to unlock certain content you have to Mm -hmm. pay and there's a video that she's got for like two hundred dollars i'm like oh no two thousand dollars and i'm like there's people and there was 146 people who had actually liked that and i'm like Mm -hmm. that means 146 people paid two thousand dollars just to see whatever was in that video and obviously i want to know what's in that video and And liked it it. i want to know what's in that video but i don't have two thousand dollars just to be giving for a video you know, so I can't wait till I'm rich, rich, so I can do that kind of like research. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like your approach. Um, I tell people, um, especially artists or creators specifically, that don't look at the South African market. You know, you competing globally. Right? Uh, whatever you make is competing with, especially if uh, it's art, because art is something people spend their time on and. Whatever you make is competing with whatever else people are spending their time on. So your content is actually competing against Instagram or Facebook or WhatsApp. The person could actually be on WhatsApp speaking to their crush, but they are on YouTube watching your video. Uh, They are on OnlyFans subscribing to your content. Some are even spending $2,000. on some video that 140 something other people have liked. Right? Yes. So, um, one thing I appreciate about that approach is you are com- in the mindset that you're competing with the best out there. And yeah, the market shouldn't be just South African. South Africa is just yes. a location. 
once you're on the internet, you're on the global platform. Right? And one thing I also like about your approach is, uh, okay, but, but you mentioned uh, Zotawagan, basically, right? Yes. And I am a fan of Zotawagan, and she's my favorite capitalist. Okay? okay. And a lot of people really don't understand what she she has done. Like, um, there's a lot of women. So many doors. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of women in the townships that look like her. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I won't even kid you. She looks like the average uh, township girl. Right? Mm-hmm. But what she's doing is totally different. And how she's approaching it, she is totally different. And when she, if she tries to pivot, she can successfully pivot, unlike most other people. You could put the Kim Kardashian on the wall, and uh, we we all gonna be like, but she's famous for nothing, even yeah. though what she's actually doing is probably the hardest thing for anyone to attempt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm, so yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I have any other questions. You've actually covered quite a lot. Uh, so do you have any? Questions I've got a question. Uh, Why did you start stage fright? For content creation. Just purely just for content creation. Mm-hmm. What sparked it though? Surely there must have been something you saw or something that someone said that actually made you think, I'm going to put this on a podcast and continue to do so thereafter. Okay, okay so you want that story. Okay, so this is what happened. Um, okay, let me give you the longer version of the story. I'm mm-hmm. a software developer and I'm working okay. on a platform or podcasting, which is where this podcast is going to go, uh, called Polelo and all of that. So I worked on it, blah, 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 blah. It needs content. I realize that there's some people posting content, but I'm the one who knows most of the features on the site. So let me just post some stuff and show people what could be there. Right? So I'm playing around with a lot of formats, and I'm also watching a lot of content on the internet. I see a live stream from one of my favorite poets, Mandy. Uh, she used to be word and sound uh, poet queen. Okay. A few years in a row. Beautiful poet. Uh, beautiful poetry. I'm on her live stream and I'm watching. It starts. She's talking, you know, waiting for people to come on the stream. It's her first time live streaming from what I can see. And she then stops talking and asks, is anyone there? And then I'm like, yes, we post uh, emojis to greet her and all of that. And then she says, yo, I was scared that no one would show up. And then she slaps the poetry and people continue joining and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, it's a beautiful session. I enjoy the poetry. She does my favorite poems and all of that. And then I realized that actually, as more and more artists are put, uh, having to rely on digital media for their art, it, it, uh, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of fear. Yeah. People yeah. going to pitch, are people going to uh, engage, and are people going to like what I have to show? And so basically, yeah. that is what I want to focus on. Um, and well, uh, with your type of art, 
there's a lot of years regardless of the digital media. Right? Yes. Um, I think for sexual content, the digital medium is a better uh, medium than the physical medium because it lessens the toxic toxicity that you would find. Uh, I know that there are some strippers who actually prefer being on OnlyFans because they don't yeah. have to deal with the strip club. Yep. They don't have to deal with uh, going all all the issues they have to deal with uh, uh, when they're stripping, and OnlyFans just makes it easier for them. But then there's also all these other mediums, poetry. Uh, uh, how uh, how does it translate to the digital medium when you can't hear people, you know, uh, snapping to your poems? Uh, so yeah, for me, I wanted to explore all these different po- uh, uh, different issues uh, where uh, some arts do well in the digital medium because of you know how they are. Some arts do poorly because of the digital medium because the art thrived in the physical space. You got on stage, you performed the poem, people clapped, people cheered. Yeah. Music is also something I want to talk about um, where, you know, we all like going to a live concert because we all like yes. being amongst the people and enjoying the performance. Energy. Yeah, and the performer engages with us, say, yeah, what, whatever. And that is changing. How are we going to then translate from being able to engage with the performer to engaging asynchronously? The performer is going to have to stop performing to read our comments. How is that going to work? And yeah, um, following what Erica Badu is doing with her live streams, and I'm loving it. The latest one, she just changed up her whole house and put herself in a bubble and put the drum in a bubble and put, you know, if all the band in a bubble. And she's weird. She's a revolutionist, but she's weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can't wait for her to be old because she'll be the weirdest granny in the world. Granny, yeah. Yeah. So, and then I'm like, hmm, how, uh, and, and this week I think I saw Travis Scott did a collaboration with Fortnite where he was performing and the Fortnite players were in the game watching the performance. It was pre-rendered and stuff like that. And I realized that Fortnite is actually a good platform for live performance because people actually dance in the game. You know, you can buy all these dances. So imagine you watching your favorite artist performing and then your avatar in the game or your character in the game is dancing. And all these, your favorite dance moves have been loaded in the game. Oh, and wow. when your song comes on, you just flip they out. You, you know, oh, you, wow. you, you do the whoa, you dab and all this. But the issue that, oh, for me when, while I was watching that was Travis Scott was not engaging with the um, players. He was performing as as a recording and they switched stages and all these things. So I'd like to see how that would translate at as time goes by where the performer also controls their avatar and sees that there's other people that I'm performing to who are watching me. And it's a pre-recording and he can actually engage with those players that are in the game and say, yo, this is me, this is what I'm doing. If you like what I'm doing, do the dab. And 
that happens in gold yeah. and i'd like to see how that things play play out yeah. as that's interesting yeah so but that's the main reason for the podcast no okay awesome so, any other questions i'm glad i like your answer nope 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 just cool. when are you having me back again um and <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll, we'll call you up when this topic comes again, and I'm also formalizing my format. And yeah, uh, definitely like what you're doing, and uh, I'm going to keep track of the wonderful work you're doing, and we're gonna talk again. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me on your show. May all the wealth end up in your bank account. I receive. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Up, up.